What's good, everybody? What's good? It's your boy Caleb back again. Here with another episode, a live, a live reaction to the to the pure basketball bliss that we uh, that we were able to witness last night. We're gonna go. We're gonna react to the game. We're gonna react to the series. We're gonna react and reflect on this amazing, amazing run that we just can't not take for granted. We're gonna talk Steph Curry. There's no rules today. There never really are. There never really is. Um, but if you're here, I appreciate you being here. We're coming to you live Friday morning after the Warriors took care of Boston in six. Um, I mean, it just showed. I, I like I, I've talked. Playoffs are a different different game. It's a completely different game of basketball. Regular season, you're working on. It's it's just a different feel. It's not even. It sounds silly to say it's not about winning basketball games, but like, you've kind of you create your rotation. You try different things out. You hope that you can land a good seed, but you're not making a ton of, or, or unless something's glaring, you're not making a ton of adjustments. You're playing how you play, doing what you do, and seeing how it plays out. Playoffs come, and it's all about adjustments. It's all about just doing, doing what you need to do to win basketball games, and you saw it early on, Boston talent-wise, right there. But as the series drags on, you feel it. You feel it. Right? Game one happens. Initially, I was a little worried. And I went back, watched the tape. We were right there all game. Boston made some great shots, locked up, took us out of our rhythm. But that was game one. And I think you see it, especially with a team that's first finals. Game one is like being winning game one is like being up at the end of the first in a basketball game. It's cool. You'd prefer it. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. Game two comes. Game three comes. And even then, still, it's like you're up at half. Not even. But you knew if Boston was playing their best basketball, the formula was almost hang around, hang around, hang around, hang around. Big run. Towards the end. And it happened game four. And I think when that happened. I think it's hard for these young guys. Like. Jason Tatum's 24. Jalen Brown. Or Jalen Brown's right around there. None of these guys I don't think. uh, Have been to a finals. And you can just see it kind of wears on them. Where they. The Warriors have already taken the Celtics best punch early on. Countered it. And now are back. And the Celtics had never really been put in a position where they have to go counter the counter. Or were they even countering the counter? Yeah, they, they, they had to counter the counter, and they couldn't counter the counter. And you could feel that. And, and when you I, – I told some buddies, I know I, I didn't, like, publicly call it or whatever, but, like, I just had a really good feeling. I had a really good feeling. I think the natural way to look at it would be, hey, Boston's responded all year long. In the playoffs, they had never lost back-to-back games before four and five. And most people were like, hey, it's coming. And I get that. why, But you just felt like the Warriors found another gear. They were playing with a little bit more freedom and confidence. 
Um, and I really think it goes uh, under notice. I, I know fatigue is a part of it. But the defense is just unbelievable, and it's been the backbone of every single one of these teams. You look around, and yes, they have what they have offensively. But the defense was absolutely incredible. It, it was really to the point where from games four on, the if the Warriors were going to get beat, it was going to be on their own terms. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown were taking shot. You get an open one here and there. But every single time they took a shot, it was a shot where the Warriors could literally, if they step back, freeze it in time every time they take that shot. Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, whoever it is, me, can say, hey, we'll live. You take that shot every possession, we're going to win this game. You might make one here, make that there. You're going to have to hit that at a pretty high clip. A lot of fadeaway, mid-range, pull-up. Tough twos going left. A lot of threes, maybe off even a catch and shoot, but the closeout's coming, a long Wiggins closeout's coming. Um, and uh, it was just an unbelievable win, and you could feel it, right? The Celtics, boom, right off the gates hot, but you just know it's 48 minutes, and if the war, the worst stem that run, and then you could just feel it. You saw it. There was no, they had looked like they had been in that moment before, and I think it helps, right? You you talk about, I know I know these guys are, are built for this. I'm not saying Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown aren't built for this. When you get to that moment, the whole world's watching. You're facing a team that you know has been there six times. It's your first time. You run into a little adversity. You see the confidence that they have, it's really hard to combat that. So I felt really good going in. And then really after the first quarter, I was like, yeah, it's coming home. It's time. Um, And for the real Warrior fans, and even the ones that just hopped on recently, it's just, for me, I know the first one's amazing. The first one's all, like, you can't really compare it because – it's the first time, right? Like, that's the gold standard, what you play for. And that first one was amazing. But I honestly had a greater appreciation for this run. I did. And I I, I don't even think it's really that close for me personally. The, the appreciation level in the moment, it was, it was way higher for this. Way higher, partly because I'm older. But just... The way this team did it, this is like if you had to script up a more perfect scenario. And this is what we always felt Steph was capable of. Obviously, we're going to go down the line with this team and give the props where it's due. But, like, there's no co-star. There's no real co-star. Even in Boston, there's a – I mean – there are co-stars. That's not. I don't. That's not meant in a disrespectful way to Dre and Clay. Because again, we'll give them their flowers. But it is clearly Steph at the head. It is his team. It's all. I mean, it's always been his team. 
But to hear all the noise, right, when KD left, no one thought. And then even further solidified by that terrible season right after. I know Steph got hurt. Clay was never there. Dre knew early on. Dre was in training camp with D'Lo. He knew early on. Um, to hear all those people say, yeah, they're done. And and look, part of that, which I'll, I'll acknowledge, is just, you know, they wanted him to be done. I think a lot of people might have known in their hearts that they weren't quite done. But they wanted him to be done. So that's all we ever heard. And I know the national media doesn't speak for everyone, but NBA Twitter, my friends, they said it. They they said we were done. Even when we showed signs early in the year, people weren't buying it. So you could, just couldn't have scripted up a, a handcrafted, a better team around Steph just in terms of how good it feels and and like – like every narrative that was created about Seth to try and discredit his greatness, which honestly I want to thank those people because that 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 a hundred percent helped Seth. That was literally you gave him fuel to be this. Every day you gave him fuel. But everything that has been used by by haters to discredit this man, all those narratives are done. They're killed off. You cannot say anything. They they wanted him to be done so bad. And that's, it's funny, but it's also like, what are we doing here, guys? What, what are we actually doing here? Where you claim to love a sport. And one of the greatest, I, I still don't think people really fully grasp the way who Steph Curry is people that unless you are really ingrained with NBA I still don't think people are grasping what the hell that that man is doing it is it's greatness and there's there's literally nothing that gets to say I mean before it was already kind of like all right you're actually you're you're for real a hater like that is a part of your identity is hating um but now it's like literally, now you're like, uh, you're you're just blatantly refusing the facts. Anyways, down the line, with all that being said, you don't put the right pieces around Steph. It doesn't matter. His greatness, like only one team can win a title, right? And as great as Steph is at the game of basketball, if you don't have a team around him that knows how to win basketball games, it doesn't matter. But shout out to Bob Myers, bro. I mean, because there's a lot of discourse about it. A lot, a lot of discourse about it. Because it's so damn hard to win a title. So damn hard. So uh, as soon as you re- reach the threshold as a as a GM where it's like, all right, our shot. Like, if we have less than a 10% shot, then maybe we go in a more long term. Like, It is so easy after three titles in five years, to say, all right, we've had our run, this is cool, and kind of get numb to it, and say, all right, let's go, let's go build something more sustainable, long term, 
it's like more quote fun as a GM. But props to Bob Myers. He still has that little GM in him, right? He he didn't trade the picks. Takes coming. By the way, that trade was unreal. That trade will go down. It, it's not gonna go down all time just because of like I mean it might, but like just in terms of keep like there was. I'm I'm even at a loss for words. I can't think of a trade off the top of my head that just impacted a franchise. And it's not just like it was a long term thing, right? You deal deal. I don't know how we got that. Right? I thought that was a steal in the moment, but I didn't re- I didn't realize the chess that they were playing. Right? They get D'Lo, and they knew he wasn't a fit. They knew that. They had to have known that they were. But they get an asset back, an asset that they can maybe flip, turns into Kaminga, turns into Wiggins, and uh, just props to Bob, bro. He had he had a vision that I don't even even some big Warrior fans felt like it's really tough. Even the players, Dre said it like it has not ever been proven to this point that you can mix youth and and vets and win and yes most of the guys that were out there in winning time were veterans sans jordan Poole. but just an unbelievable job building this roster right you have the core pieces you draft jp and you develop them for this moment you don't rush it you don't put too much on them early you make them genuinely and not just bob the players Make him genuinely earn and work his way to, to the point where you know he's good enough to be in that moment. You stay on wigs about how to play. The, even the growth from just when he got here to now, bro, is crazy. It's like it's like he real it's like he became he, he became numb in Minnesota. And it just felt like, you know, that that person you know nine to five or yourself, maybe, or whoever. Nine to five job, you're just going through the motions, right? We all have those days. It felt like that. He was kind of just like, all right, this is my routine. And then he came here and kind of awoke. He just awoke. And it's not like this crazy, crazy difference in talent or skill, but I I think it was just a mental switch of like, oh, my God, like, I'm not being asked to do all these I'm not being asked to do 55 things when I'm capable of, you know, 55 was a huge exaggeration. I'm not being asked to do, I'm not being asked to carry an offense, guard the best player, also create for others. He wasn't asked to do that. He he was asked to play lockdown defense and attack in situations that were advantageous for him. And, when his focus was just on those two things, unbelievable. And people gave him crap for the, the all-star starting. And I I get it to an extent, but it still bums me out because it's not an accident, right? Like, it's very hard to be a very good NBA team. And he was a huge, large, large key piece of this, of this group. Loon. We got to get to Loon. Loon is... Loon was huge Loon was absolutely huge just 
a basketball coach's, a basketball lover's dream as a player. He bailed us out against Memphis. He was huge against Yoke, huge in the Dallas series. And you see it time after time after time. Playoff, in the playoffs, it is completely different. You have guys that will go give you 20 a game in the regular season that I know come playoff time in certain scenarios, certain matchups, aren't going to even – they're going to get played off the floor in some cases. Loon's like the opposite of that. You have guys – Clint Capella, certain centers, Rudy Gobert in certain scenarios, and it wasn't all Rudy's fault. Getting literally played off the floor, you're giving a guy like Kavon Loon who's not fast, he's not quick, doesn't really have any crazy physical tools besides being seven feet. And he's invaluable. Needed him on the floor. Impacted winning every time he was on the floor. It just goes to show you the mind. Mind over matter. Absolutely mind over matter. If you understand the game and can process it at a high level especially at the big position. It is so hard. You have to be so damn calculated as a big to be able to defend at an NBA level. You have to know when to help, when to stay, when to leave your feet and contest, when to go straight up. And it has to be inch perfect because you're – you're playing against insanely talented basketball players with so much space around them. And Kevon Looney was locked in from the jump. I I never watched Dennis Rodman, and I know Kevon Looney's taller than Dennis Rodman, but I got to imagine this is kind of what it's like to have watched him. Because... The amount of offensive rebounds he got. When I think of offensive rebounds, I I usually think of like soaring up tippins. You you know, if I said, "Hey, he's the best offensive rebounder in the league," you're almost thinking like Robert Williams, right? Where you're just tapping shit, jumping up, grabbing it off the rim. I, I've never seen an offensive rebounder like Loon, where he just kind of seals walls you off. Already knows the ball's going to come to him, and you're gonna have to foul him if you want it. Seals you off, gets it. I mean, it was time after time after time in every matchup, every series. Dre talked about it. Also, just never complains, always showed up, like, just consistent with it. And that those are the type of players you need. It's a cheat code, right? Because everyone knows you need the stars. You do. It. I mean, there's only one team that wins. But it doesn't – none of that matters if you don't have guys like Kevon Looney playing with you who just know how to win and impact basketball games. Gary Payton's another one of those guys. And my the story itself, if you don't know, I mean, you just love seeing stuff like that. Grinded in the G League for six to seven years. And I think that's pe- what, what people got to realize, too. All these guys are the best when they're in high school. But only a select few guys can still continue in those roles. In the NBA. Kevon Looney can go drop 30 and 20 a game in high school. 
but he, you know, he's not seeing that in the NBA. Gary Payton can do what he does in high school, but when you get to the league, bro, that's not you anymore. You have to find how you can help an NBA team win. And I feel like it's, I mean, it's not like everyone's dumb, but I feel like 30% of the league, a lot of these young guys, they come in and they're still trying to play like high school them and prove that they can be that high school them in this setting. And it's like, no, understand what the team needs, how what skills you have and how you can best utilize those skills to help you win. I'm getting a little carried away with this, but Gary Payton, we've never seen someone like that. And Gary Payton is proof that you just need to, obviously the situation helps, but you just need to find a way to best utilize your skills. It doesn't matter what traditional basketball has done. It doesn't matter what people think. It You just need to find a way with what you've got to help impact the game. And if you do that, you'll always have a job until your body gives out. And I've just never seen a player like GP. Like traditionally, if a if a guy like GP was coming out of the draft, no one drafts him because he's a six two guard who takes really the majority of his shots in the key. There's zero zero mid range. He'll take the wide open corner threes if he's really feeling it. He'll take wing and top of the key threes. And he was irreplaceable. I have never seen a defender. I know he doesn't have the size, so, you know, and, and I'm not even saying he deserves, you know, defensive player of the year, but even a guy like Marcus Smart, he has the size and he'll get up on you, but he'll bump you and draw fouls. And I'm not saying G- GP will get called for fouls here and there, but I've never seen someone just completely smother. Like he's just in and all around you. He's so into you. He's locked. He's like a DB in basketball. He's locked on you, but doesn't foul you the majority of the time. Great roller. Gets up so quick that it doesn't even matter. He's 6'2". Great touch around the rim. Great IQ, too. He really... Like, people... He just gets slept on, and you can go down the line of, of important players. But GP was so, so important. His growth this year. Because you just added an, a high IQ guy. He almost did the Iggy roll just a little bit better. You added a high IQ guy who made great reads as a roller. Oh, like there, I can't remember very many shots this year, and especially in the playoffs, where Gary took a shot, and it was like, I don't like that. Right? Like most of his threes were in rhythm, wide open threes, and everything else was right at the rim. And if one of those two weren't available – Boom, balls out of his hands in a smart way. Kept it moving. Uh, Just deserves all the, like, literally provided exactly what we needed from him. Didn't do, didn't try and do anything more. And that's where a lot of guys get caught up. Bought in, was amazing. JP, and I'm sorry, I I don't think I've talked about him yet. My, I recorded earlier and it, some of it cut out. So I'm kind of re going through this, but it's all good because I, I love it. JP, man, what a journey. What a journey. Like, it, I, I don't, I think this is just another aspect of it that we got to talk about. It, we, we have not seen a champion mix youth and vets, right? Dallas, all vets. All, I think every single guy that stepped on the floor, vet. Those Kobe teams, all vets. 
yeah, you had the Spurs with Kawhi and, and that other generation, but Kawhi is just a different beast. JP was huge to this, bro. And it's the, the level at which you got to be, the amount of work that you got to put in to be great and be here is annoying. Like to a normal person, it's annoying. Like, I don't want to be doing all that. And imagine a, tw- a 20-year-old kid coming in from Michigan. Find- like, to him, he made it. You know how hard that is mentally to fight complacency in a way? Not even complacency, but, like, maybe just not putting in the level of work required to win an NBA championship. Right when you come in, you can't even blame him. He's a kid. And he's being asked to work like a champion. That's annoying to a kid. I mean, you even still see Luca right now. Like, is he great? Is he amazing? Yes. Is he doing everything in his power in the offseason up until this point? Maybe he is now to be the greatest he can in a couple months. I don't know. All right. So it's just hard. It's hard to instill those habits. And obviously, credit goes to JP because you got to want it. End of the day, Dre, Steph, Clay, they can all get on you. But if you don't want it, it's not going to happen. But credit to the to those big the big three and the coaching staff for presenting it in a way that he JP was able to see the big picture because all that work, all that energy that they put into him to developing him, getting the most out of him, it paid off. And he's still JP is still obviously working on like we want to get the most out of him, right? The efficient movement like you don't need to do six things like it's just more that generation you don't need to do six seven moves to get downhill beat your guy once create an advantage and work off of that you don't have to beat him six times but you'll take it all day given like a lot of times with guys like that you clown them because it's a ton of flash and there's not a lot of substance jp still has the substance he can make very tough shots and it's not one dimensional like that's how hard this is jp is such a complete offensive player he can make tough shots he makes open shots he can score in the mid-range he can he's a such an underrated finisher right when you don't have elite athleticism or speed like steph it is so hard to finish at the rim at an nba level JP has an amazing touch. Loki has wiry strength as a finisher. Um, and then the last level is just his passing. Right? He has that too. He sees things. Sometimes he can get a little bit tunnel vision. But for the most part, if there's an advantage, if there's a look to be had, and he's not fully in show off my bag mode, he will get it there. His development was huge. Um. I know Nemanja didn't play a ton this series, but he was amazing. He was such a good, again, part of it was the scouting report and just being locked into that, but he was such a good defender uh, on JT. Made the right plays this year. I know he got some shit here and there. He was huge as a winner. Otto Porter hit some huge threes tonight and hit some huge threes in a lot of these games. Very solid defensively. He can't really move super well, but always in the right spots. He deserves credit. Steve Kerr deserves credit. And then we'll get to the last two big boys before we go to Steph. Clay, what a journey. What an absolute journey. And I think some people might point to uh, 
the rough shooting. But you can't, as funny as that might sound, you can't, you, you don't just use that as a barometer for Clay because that, quite honestly, is the last thing I'm worried about. I know he's an all-time great shooter. I know he's an all-time great shooter. He came in off a torn ACL, which already, bro, you got guys taking a year and a half, a year and a half off of torn ACLs. A torn ACL, and then the worst basketball injury you can have, a torn Achilles, back to back. But guess what? He's he's built for every moment. And that alone is more valuable than I think anybody realizes. All those guys, when they're on the court, they know if the ball goes to Steph and or Clay in a big moment, he's not afraid to take that shot. And that's half the battle, honestly, at this stage. He wants that shot. Not a lot of people do. A lot of people might want to get their rhythm first. Clay doesn't care. And he has the championship fabric. He knows what it takes. And so I am not worried at all about Clay shooting. He's such a competitor. That combination of love for the game of basketball and shooting stroke, I'm just not worried about him. He's a winner. He's a winner. And I know he didn't shoot it amazing. But let's not even act like he didn't make some really big shots all through the playoffs. In Memphis, in Dallas, against Denver, even in this series, he had a huge game four shot. Had some back-breaking threes tonight. It's just such a valuable, I mean, with the way the NBA is gone, having a guy that you know if he's wide open is hitting at 50% of the time, maybe more, so valuable. And in the biggest stages, that that's where the mental side of things comes into effect. And we talked about it, Jalen and JT. They didn't look scared, but they it was clear they they because they had never been there. It was harder for them to continue to counter. Clay can miss his last ten. I know he's I know he's shooting that with confidence. The next one, and I feel good about it. Not worried about Clay Dre. Never seen someone like him, bro. Just never seen someone built like Dre, bro. I mean, you know how hard, like, we act like they're superheroes in a a sense they are. But do you know how hard it is to just, he's the emotional punching bag. He will take all of that from opposing, because everyone on that team, they see it, they hear it. It's a part of this thing. And Draymond takes it all in. He takes it all on himself. And takes that load. It's a load emotionally. It is. And he takes it all. You know how many guys would have folded after his start offensively. And we know. Draymond has a lot of strengths. As a scorer, he's not great. And that's putting it light nicely. And so, over the course of a seven-game series against a really good team, there are going to be moments where that gets exposed. And it happened early in the series. But he just kept coming. And it was an unbelievable performance last night. I know people will, will talk about the threes and the shots. And those were big. He, he had, I mean, when Dre starts hitting threes, it's pretty deflating. 
right? Because this is a guy that, again, sometimes is, is passing up like four-foot runners. This guy starts hitting threes, hasn't hit one all series, and it hurts. But it's not even the threes. The defense was, and it's not just all. I've never seen a defender like Draymond. I'm only 26, I know. I have never seen an NBA defender like Draymond Green where, yes, on ball, perimeter, post on ball, but it's the middle linebacker communication. He's talking to his guys the whole time. He's talking his guys through the possession the whole time. And there were so many plays last night where Draymond knew something was happening simultaneously with with how it was processing for the Celtics. He are, they had Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown down to a science. When they go get, go here or get to this spot, very hard to stop them. Don't let them get to that spot. As they start to now see that you're taking away that spot, boom, attack from here. Draymond Green deserves all the credit in the world. He's just the definition of a dog. To hear all that noise, know everyone hates you. People saying this, people saying that, and just stay true to who you are and know how you can impact a game of basketball is just unbelievable, bro. And all these guys deserve respect and props in their own ways. And again, it is so why it feels so good. It is so hard to win a, t- a title, right? These are the best hoopers in the world. The guys who have grind already insanely skilled and have grinded their lives to this sport. And only one team can win out of 30, out of already the point zero 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 one percent of the best basketball players in the world. There's it's just levels. It's just levels, and, and you don't win without guys like Looney. You don't win without Wig. Like, you go down the line, every single guy for the Warriors that played was the best version of themselves in an optimized role from themselves, and that's what you need. You can't have any little gaps. If one guy is trying to do too much or doesn't quite understand what you guys are trying to accomplish or quite understand his role, it's really hard to win a title. Every single guy has to understand what they're asked and execute on that at a high level, and that's what we had this year. And uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing because they they earned the shit out of this one. They earned the shit out of everyone, but they needed the margins were a lot finer here, and it just feels really good because every single guy did what was asked of them. They answered the call. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and let's get to some Steph talk. Steph Curry. Steph Curry, man. I think it's it's clear at this point how much he means to me. I've talked about it a million times, but it's just time to reflect on it, man. Enjoy this. We got to just really enjoy this because uh, I, I, the, the, the all-time debates are tough for me, right? Because I didn't watch half these guys. I saw Kobe. But, like, my brain wasn't fully even developed then. I saw Timmy. So all I can really do is kind of try to piece together what other people have said and the stats to kind of formulate, what you know, how I think their impact was. But I've said it many times. There's so many different ways to look at, you know, best. best. It's... Every other sport, I feel like it's easier. 
baseball. It's easy. You have you have how good of a defender you were, and that's easier to quantify because it's literally just balls hit at you. And then you have your hitting stats, which are all laid out. NFL, it's all QBs. And that's all mine, so it's just like titles, straight titles. But in the NBA, we cloud it up with all this shit. It no longer, I mean, it in the for the most part, it's still titles to some. But Steph got to a point then where we finally were like, not we, but a lot of the media started to downplay titles where it's like, ah, did he really earn that? Guys, it is hard as fuck to win an NBA championship. We're not downplaying titles. We can't do that. We just can't do that. Like, what are, what are we doing downplaying the main goal? We can't do that anymore. And it'd be one thing if the Warriors squeaked. I know the Rockets had them on the brink for a little bit. But when the KD was here with the Warriors, bro, the Cavs took one game. The Cavs took one finals game. Right? So for people to use that and say Steph's not good enough, Steph's not in that all-time GOAT greatest top 10, 15, he's not there. It, it, I just didn't understand it. Because with KD, we did what a top 15, top 10 player all-time would do. The Arguably the best player of all time. Won one finals game in two finals against us with a damn good sidekick, couple sidekicks. Kyrie Irving, prime Kyrie, who was just allowed to do whatever he wanted offensively. Free minded Kyrie by his side. And we're talking about either the GOAT or the second best player of all time. One game. So it never made any sense. How are you going to discredit this guy when? You just won one final game in nine tries. With KD, I get it, KD's there. But if you are the second or first best basketball player in the history of this world, if you're losing eight out of nine times, the guys over there are pretty damn good. It Like, you got to put them up. And, and I I do, honestly, I understand the sentiment of, you know, top 10. Uh, you kind of need, a, not maybe not need, but you'd like to see a solo job. And when I say so, obviously, I just went through how important the team was. You mean, I just mean as the guy, the clear guy. And I think he was that for the first one. But whatever. They had guys hurt. Sure, you can say that. I don't even hate that sentiment. But it was the idea that 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 this man was not capable of that. That it was beyond belief that he could do that. That it was a stretch he was a, capable of achieving that. What more does this man need to do? And I don't 
I think it coincides just with Braun's run and people legacy talking, and I get it. But what do we gotta do to appreciate this man's greatness? We have never fucking seen a guard in the history of this sport be able to impact a game the way he does. Who's the greatest point guard of all time to most people? To high majority, Magic Johnson. How tall? Magic Johnson was six. Six 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 seven two twenty. That's a point guard, sure. He's got the size of Braun. This is a true six three guard. Like a guard hasn't won a Finals MVP in so long. I think since Tony Parker. And and even Tony with there. I mean that was strength in numbers for sure. It wasn't Tony averaged like I don't know like eighteen and ten or something. It is so hard after the grind of a season, everyone knowing what you do as a 6'3 motherfucker to dominate in the highest level of games, bro. We just got to stop. We just got to stop and actually try and, you know, for Cavs fans, sure, do do whatever makes you feel happy. If you're still living in the past, I ain't going to stop you, bro. But... This is truly mind-boggling stuff from a 6'3 guy. And he takes it so seriously. Like, he has had to absolutely grind that weight room to be able to get where he is. And, again, I haven't watched Bill Russell play basketball. But I'm sorry, bro. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I'm not here to disrespect Bill Russell's championships or wins. I'm sure he impacted the game in huge ways. I'm sure he was a defensive monster. I'm sure he was a monster on the boards. I'm sure he was a great finisher. There ain't no way that you stick Bill Russell from back then, that version of Bill Russell in the NBA right now, And he's going to go win MVP and go reel off 13 finals or whatever the hell the number is. There's no way. Now, I'm not here to disrespect history. I'm not here. And I understand comparing errors is hard. But if you're looking at pure talent at the game of basketball, there is no fucking way that Bill Russell or even Wilt is better. I, I mean, I don't care. I'm not even saying he won against plumbers. I don't care. If Will Chamberlain was in the game today, he'd see a ton of doubles down low. He'd score a ton of points as twos. And I I don't know that he's carrying a team to the finals. I, I just, these guys are so good. These guys come out of the womb now. If, if you can be a top 0.001% hooper in a world that loves hoop, you're going to get paid millions upon millions of dollars. So, all these guys are grinding in a very popular sport that is only taken off. These guys are so good at the game now, bro. Like, I'm not putting Jerry West over him. Jerry West is not cooking the league like this. And I know I'm looking at it from a very... I might be looking at it from a more narrow approach because it's just like, okay, who they are as players. 
I understand that the game was where it was back then and that they could only do what they could do back then, right? And if you reincarnated them now with the level of training and focus, they could maybe be better versions. And I'm not discounting the accomplishments and the achievements. I'm just saying quite simply that the league is more talented now than it was 50 years ago. And that is an absolute fact. I'm sorry. It's an absolute fact. The game is more talented and skilled now than it was 50 years ago. If you, st- I could pick like five guys to like go send back 50 years ago, they would freak out. Steph Curry's obviously one of them, but you send Christoph Forzing a 7 3 big who can put it on the floor, shoot it from 35 feet, that would have blown their damn minds. You put Kyrie Irving, an absolute wizard, ball on a string, gets to any spot on the floor he wants, rises up over everyone. It is so hard to guard him one-on-one. The only way you really can do it is have an unreal on-ball defender or have a good defender with size shade him towards the help. And even then, you throw him 50 years in a, in a league 50 years ago, he's going to blow their minds. James Harden, Kevin Durant. You throw Kevin Durant seven foot with a handle, shoot it from anywhere. 50 years ago? No, bro. They're, they, they, that did not even exist. It didn't exist. So I'm not here to downplay that. I'm just simply stating that these guys are better now. And I really have trouble saying that there are 10 guys better that can impact the game of basketball more than Steph Curry has and will continue to do. And it's just all the more incredible because of his size. I feel like he should be one for the people more than he is. This is a a 6'3 guy dominating in a league full of grown-ass men that are the fastest, strongest, tallest, largest wingspans in the world, bro. And he's dominating. So there's just nothing left you can say. I'm not even going to talk about the gravity and the intangibles and the culture things that's he that he's provided. He's an insane human. He's just an insane human. And I'm so thankful, bro. I'm so thankful. Um, and we really, it still hasn't quite hit me that that is like we just experienced and witnessed the day that I, I think like we look, I'll look back when I'm 50 straight up and just be like, that was the day that he cemented himself again. I don't think he needed to prove anything, but that was the day where it's like even the biggest haters they take off the tap, the cap, and they tip it. Because if you're a reasonable human, it's like, as reasonable humans, we hate. I get it. But y- you get to a certain point where it's like, goddamn, the work, the, your body of work, I, I, there's really nothing I can do anymore. And we've reached that point. We've reached that point. It, it's so good, guys. So congrats. Congrats to the Ducks. Really, for real, congrats to those boys, bro. They're an inspiration. 
They really are. It might sound corny, but it's like, they're just proof. Believe in yourself. Do what you know you can do. And trust that it'll work out. It doesn't matter what anyone will say. That's about it, guys. I hope you guys have enjoyed it um, as much as I am. Continue to reflect. Continue to celebrate safely. Um, and, guys, the the crazy part, I know the West is getting better. The West is for sure getting better. Kawhi's back. LeBron should be back. Jamal Murray's back. Um, Zion's back. Right? Like, West is, West is nice. Warriors are only getting better, bro. Jonathan Kaminga's only getting better. Moses Moody's getting better. Wiseman can take some of the load off Loon. JP's only getting better. And these boys have got the mind. The regular season, again, look at thir- anywhere from three to one. In my opinion, but when the playoffs come, they'll be ready to go. I, I don't think we're done ring chasing yet. I really, I don't think we're quite done with this journey yet, and that's the most beautiful part. Enjoy this fucking summer, Warriors fans. I love you all. It's just a special bond. We've we've seen these guys go to war, and and I, the, for the people that say before we head out, but for the people that say, oh, why you guys want to act like underdog? Shut the fuck up, bro. Come on. No one was picking us after KD left. Nobody. Even at the start of the year, everyone was all about the Suns. And again, part of that, they didn't want it to happen. But we've reached a point where you can bring up whatever you want to bring up that you feel are weaknesses. Not enough weakness of a not enough of a weakness for it to be significant. We we have four titles. And we've been to six six game uh, titles in eight years, and we have not been beat when Steph, Clay, and Dre are all healthy. And I'm not ready for it to end. I love you guys. Enjoy. Uh, we're gonna have a ton of off season stuff coming out, but for now, enjoy this one, guys. We'll talk soon. Peace.